Hey guys, thanks very much for tuning in and welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 32. We are joined again by Zach, our senior online coach here at Josh Can Conditioning. How are you today, Zach? Fantastic. And yourself? Yeah, really, really good. Thank you. Very, very good day so far and good chat since we jumped onto the call. But today's podcast topic is going to be about, I don't even know what, what we'll call it actually. I'll kind of run, run some off the top of my head here. Going in or my, my gaining phase thoughts and moving into a dieting phase versus your dieting phase moving into gain phase, something like that. Maybe a little bit nicer on the on the tongue. That's that's too many words in there. But how have you yeah. found everything so far moving into the gaining phase yourself? Kind of initially quite tricky, but it's kind of like the, the initial kind of transition, I'm gonna say it was quite tricky, but now it's kind of I'm gonna say leveling out. Um hmm. I'm just getting used to it because in the in in the, the dieting phase for myself, like primarily it was ma- like a massive output based with regards like being an on the floor co- uh, personal trainer as well. Yeah. So I kind of I saw that count go from like an average fifteen thousand per day to an average twenty five thousand per day. Mm. Um, cardio cardio because we're providing I'm gonna say individual sessions, doing two cardio sessions a week, hitting taking the box of about eight hundred calories expenditure. So I found. In the latter ends of my dieting stage that, or dieting phase or recomp even, um, I saw scale just begin to shoot down, body fat shot down as well, um, and then just trying, just like it got to a point where scale plateaued, um, and energy was beginning to drop off, and that's fun enough when the transition into the beginning phase. Beginning phase yeah. Kind of, yeah, and that's it. Just trying to get used to how much food to begin to yeah. bring up. It's, it's kind of a hard, it's a difficult. One. Have you run many, actually even, even just touched on this now, have you run many like long-term gain phases before or would this be one of your kind of your, your first long-term ones? I'd say one of the first like actual long-term ones. One, structured, one structured long-term one. Yeah, structured, structured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'd say it's my first like uh, first official long-term one um, where I'm actually kind of kind of touching boxes on t- like across all boards essentially between food, training and obviously recovery being a massive priority. So yeah. um, so yeah, de- definitely, definitely been a, definitely been a like uh, interesting. Kind of look, so yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see where numbers go and how things go going forward. Yeah, and what scale weight are you sitting at the moment? So I'm currently eighty seven point seven uh, this morning. And did you what did you finish up at as well? I finished up about eighty six. Okay, cool. So up a good bit. About five weeks since I've transitioned yep. into getting nice. Perfect, perfect rate of gain for that. I know from for myself anyway, talking from experience, so, it was so, so, so good to be in. I'm almost gutted for it to be done now. Um, <laughs> and it was a it was like like we just said there, probably the first, albeit that I've I've definitely run gaining phases before years ago, yeah. but so stupidly eating everything in, in mind. Yeah. But as we just talked about in a lot of variables here, you have to make these mistakes and you learn from them and you and you become better at them. But I would say this is the first structured gaining phase I've ever done and I just enjoyed it so much more from that from that perspective keeping keeping body fat levels down rate of gain performance recovery sleep stress management everything cognitive function work performance I think that if we can touch on anything here it's just going to be keeping us in that phase for as long as we can so the goal for you now and the difference between myself and Zach here is I'm running into a a dieting recomposition or excuse me a photo shoot prep now for myself and Zach is going the opposite way and actually going into a gaming phase so we're both doing opposite ones pretty much starting at the exact same time and that's why we wanted to to jump on this call and jump onto this this podcast topic today so in terms of the gain phase that i've just done there so just a little bit of a highlight we'll both touch on the phases that we've, we've both done i think would be a nice thing to start off with 
so I will try and paint the best picture I possibly can for all you guys. So eight months ago is when I finished up my, my last dieting phase. And since then, I've been able to add nine and a half kilos. I would say 10 kilos, but that was after a couple of pizzas and stuff like that. So I'm going to say nine and a half kilos. So averaging probably about 1.2 kilos a month on average means that rate of gain was, was in a perfect and, and optimal place in, in, my, in my view anyway. And in my opinion, keeping rate of gain slower across a longer, longer, longer period of time is going to be much more beneficial. The pretty much, and we'll touch on this now in, in a while, um, when we talk about our lessons learned here, but just trying to stay in that phase for as long as you possibly can here. And um, because going ebb and flowing back between um, recomp gaining phase, like I will talk about, um, is definitely not ideal for what we're trying to achieve here. So nine and a half kilos, eight months, really, really nice rate of gain. So my diet actually finished, I'm just going to flick through my sheets here. The diet actually finished on the the 14th of December. So that is pretty much eight, eight months ago. I weighed in at 77.5 kilos and I'm weighing now at about 77 or 87 kilos um, is where I started, 87.3 kilos. So pretty much 10 kilos. So eight months ago when I finished up my diet, food was, was very, very low looking at now and I'm not looking forward to going into these numbers, but 2,220 2, calories on a training day and 2,100 calories on a non-training day. Carbohydrates were 225, protein was 205, and 40 grams of fat training day. 180 carbs, 205 protein, and 60 fat on a non-training day, excuse me. So eight months later after that now, though, so this, has, first and foremost, we have not jumped from one to the next straight off the bat. It's it's steady increases, but getting me out of that dieting phase. I've done a, a podcast on this transitioning into a gaining phase and reverse dieting out of here a couple of months ago or around this time period. So initially, it was a good chunk of calories added in. I think it was about four or 500 calories by the looks here specifically all through carbohydrates and eight months of just progressive eating progressive training and trying to drive the logbook and try to push scale weight up inevitably because at the end of the day i think that from a dieting phase perspective and um, having having body fat loss occur and at the end of the day myself and zach here are both physique coaches we are not scale weight coaches so yes you can improve your body composition without seeing a movement in scale weight however in a game gaining phase in an improvement phase you're not going to see an improvement or, or uh, you're not going to see or actually acquire new muscle tissue or accumulate new muscle tissue without the scale going up. So that was definitely a goal here. So moving from um, that those calories, so training day was 2225 calories all the way to 3715, so 1,500 calories. I would say that's kind of loosely as well. I would probably have Greek yogurt and stuff like that added in there and a couple of other sources that may drive calories up. But 3715 calories in and around, maybe a little bit higher, maybe closer to 3839. 535 carbs up from 225. 225 protein up from 205. And 75 fat up from 40. And the non-trained day was 3305 calories. Again, pretty loosely, might be closer to about 35, if I'm being honest. Um, 410 carbs up from 180, so a massive increase on that one. 225 protein up from 205. And 85 grams of dietary fat. From sixty gram, from sixty grams of fat, eight months ago. So you can see it's it's a big shift in food. Like I would say, probably around one thousand seven hundred calories on a training day increase, and about one thousand five hundred calories on a non-training day as well. So we need to be pushing food. We need to be pushing nutrition, calories specifically. You'll see the carbohydrates, oh, well over double carbs on non-training day. 
an over double and 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 some pocket change as well on a on a train day as well so big big push now and that's been able to drive my weight pretty much 10 kilos um since we since uh since the start date of, of that end of that of that dieting phase excuse me the main thing that uh, I learned from that phase is all going to be about patience. You know, I think that we just touched it there and actually eating with my eating with our head, I would say mine, but but our head because my coach, AJ, um, eating with my eating with our head and not with our heart and actually staying in this phase for as long as we can. I don't know about you, Zach, but uh, I've definitely run my previous gain phase. That was like 10 weeks, you know, like really aggressive. And I probably gained, I think I got up, I think I gained about six kilos in 10 weeks or something like that, which is ridiculous, right? of gain so when you when in that you just accumulate so much body fat you have to then revert back into recomp and back in it's just this ebb and flow between gaining phase recomp gain phase recomp the whole time so the longer period of time being in there and um, is way 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 more beneficial for us from a gain phase perspective so if you guys are running gaining phases if you want to take anything out of my book it's definitely that patience and and less uh, patience is the key here eating with your head and not with your heart and not eating just when you're hungry so i have an extremely large appetite as well which is pretty pretty negative towards that as well um regarding training so the structure and volume is one thing as well that i would i probably used to think that i was i was really cool by training really really low volume like i was trying to do as low volume as i possibly can i'm trying to copy all these guys on instagram the whole time which i'm sure we can all all relate to and um, but the training structure and volume was just really 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 low so as soon as aj gave me a program looking at the amount of exercises that the same that we give for our guys and girls as well zach would be a much much higher uh, exercise selection pool so like for legs for instance i would have gone in probably for quads i probably just would have done two sets a day like two sets for quads like just go in and do a hack squat for two sets and that was it and i was like that's all i need to grow where obviously that is thinking of it now obviously that's not the case where we need to try and think of if we're trying to hit all ranges of the the quad there want to hit a leg extension which is going to work the shortened position a leg press which will hold the mid-range and maybe like a squat like a hack squat which will work work that that length and range a little bit more so a lot, a lot more from a um an exercise selection pool i think was quite nice it was definitely a shock to the system at first. I used to think, how the hell is these sessions take an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes? And then once you get used to them, though, that definitely definitely becomes a little bit better. Um, so I think that's pretty much the two things that I learned there was definitely patience and that exercise selection pool needs to be much higher. And also hopefully we've got a good understanding of, of where I moved over those, those, um, those months, probably or pretty much about 2,000 calories up um, from a training day and non-training day perspective going forward. So in terms of your one, how has everything gone regarding timelines uh, of your um, previous dieting phase that you've just gone through there? So what was your starting scale weights? What was your ends? What was your starting calories and macros? What was your end ones? So I, my starting scale weight was 92 kilos. Um, I ran it for about 10 weeks. So I went for 92 kilos and I went finished at about 86 kilos. And um, for the okay. first, first, so at that 92 kilos, I'm going to say I wasn't the most adherent with regards to food um to start and that was kind of why i kind of pumped myself to get into every comp phase um so i wasn't the most adherent there was kind of and i wasn't moving as much as well because we were in lockdown as well so i just kind of wasn't pushing myself as much so what i ended up doing so i ended up just beginning to track calories and look at food and look at protein and just see where things were so when i was getting into that that recomp phase i wanted to see where i was at and see and kind of just test when i was feeling hungry then look at potentially food time, food time is pre-post training then 
just kind of look at the greatest go from there and then see where I need to go and how I'm going to just kind of create essentially a roadmap to where I want to go. So I was like, right, okay, I think six kilos, relatively doable. Yeah, um, no I, was like, I was like, naturally, my output, I was like, I knew gyms were going to reopen because we received announcements. I was like, new gyms were going to reopen. I was like, my output's going to significantly increase then. Um, so I was like, I want to see where I can play with food and bring food down and then see, there's going to be like a point where food comes down and output's going to come up and I want to see where I can hold food to maximize the output because uh, as we were saying before on the call i'm like when i'm when i'm working on the floor i'm doing uh on a on a, <laughs> on a, a light day it's about 12 hours and up as high as about 16 hour work day and that's like yeah. a combination of um individual sessions which we offer in the gym on top of lots of one-to-one on top of just being on the floor and being present and everything like that so it was kind of a lot of was getting, yeah just a high enough output so we're looking at like two cardio sessions like two individual cardio sessions typically spin based which i don't really mind so i meant that like from like a resting heart rate perspective we want to try to drive that a little bit more and try look at just try to prioritize my uh, heart rate is um in hold or in a strong let's say and um, so i want to prioritize that and then yeah just try to bring or see how food would go on a trajectory downwards along with again apple coming up and how, how how did you start? Let's say, for instance, when you started at ninety two, what what were you sitting calories wise then? Probably was ridiculous calories. I'd say was it, and macronutrient structure then. Uh, so let's say prior to being, I'm going to say quote unquote adherent, um, I was hitting about thirty eight hundred calories. This so is in thousand. your in your gaining phase prior to that. This is just like about 92 kilos, just bef- like when I wasn't kind of, I'm going to say dialing in. So yeah, speak. okay, cool. About 3,000, yeah, about 3,007, 800. And that's like all things considered, like snacking, not being Same for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so about 3,800 3, or so. Um, and then from there, when I started the game phase, or dialing, sorry, recon phase, um, I went to 3,800 on a training day to and then to 3,300 on a non training day. Um, and then slowly got to chip that down and then so my output didn't go from like 10 15,000 steps to 20,000 overnight it happens like kind of build up towards it so I saw like throughout the weeks it slowly began to increase more sections began to come in cardio began to increase as well so it was kind of a nice it's almost like you essentially the the food began to come down as the um output went up yeah so so like it, it went pretty pretty smoothly and then just with regards like training then it went into um i tried to run a at the time a push pull legs upper lower split um mm-hmm. and i just found in the push pull legs that i just wasn't optimizing my sessions um as much and i just found a struggle to get into them so um i think towards the end of that i think it was about eight weeks into it so for a little more context, we have an in-body machine. No, it's not the most, I'm not going to say it's the most accurate, but it's just more interesting to see how numbers go. So we have an in-body machine, in-body machine even. So I look, do like a body um, body fat read and just kind of see where numbers are going on a weekly basis. And what I was seeing was scale was coming down, muscle mass was beginning to, to decrease as well. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this isn't good. And I felt that body fat was beginning to increase. So it was kind of a weird run of things. And I just found like, I wasn't getting the maximum out of much training sessions. So about eight weeks in, I was like, right, I need to make a bit of a change. Um, and because I wasn't enjoying the process of training along with everything else. So um, personally, I prefer running an upper lower split as a whole in general. I've always preferred something along those lines. Yeah. So I made a bit of a change and went into something like that. And I just then even, I'm going to say the tail end, saw body fat begin to come down, scale weight drop, uh, began to drop significantly. 
And then I finished that recomp phase, I'm going to say, with about 3,000 calories on a training day, which is still really high. And then 2,800 on a non-training day. And that's nice, when okay. But then I found just hunger began to, like, hunger, HRV, like, HRV plummeted. Hunger began to increase significantly. And At the end of the recomp? Yeah, right, right at the end. And just output was then that exponentially high, like... Some of the days were 30,000, some of the days were like 32,000. And then again, let's say an average was about 20 to 25,000 steps per day on top of two cardio sessions and then my own training on top of that as well. Okay, so so just to give a recap there, we you started off at about 3,800 calories with less output. How many kind of steps on average and what was your output looking like then when you started? About 10 to 15,000 steps with about four sessions, I'm going to say lacking very high intensity um, mm-hmm. on top of probably let's say one cardio session at 300 calories okay and then you made a, a significant drop down to 3,000 calories did you say so 800 calories down on train day let's slowly say slowly started down so yeah. uh, and and then output then as well would have been substantially higher yeah yeah how, how much are how much are you yeah, averaging so. now step count and output was Step count at sorry 20 to 25,000 depending on the week, and then two cardio sessions with about 800, 800 calories, so 400 calories in each session. Okay, so here's a really good guys. If you are, I'm sure that you are listening now, if you're if you are tuning in and listening at this stage, but Zach has made a really nice point here that his food, your calories hasn't changed astronomically there at all, like inputs from a nutrition perspective. But what he did use was his output to his advantage. So using his job as, as, as a tool, you know, using the on-the-floor gym PT sessions, spin sessions, cardio sessions, all this kind of stuff was allowed you to create energy balance deficit for you to allow to achieve it. Where um, I know that a lot of people will kind of kind of veer away from high output training um, and lots of steps, trying to keep it low and trying to do it through food. But there are always two sides of the coin. We can always use both to our advantage here. And from a kind of a... a from the difference there was that I didn't really touch cardio at all in the gaining phase, obviously going upwards, try to use nutrition and fuel to our advantage where you used output then to drive you into a deficit, which is really nice. So in terms of entering these new phases, so the importance of being in our positions as well. So let's, let's talk about this. So for me, for instance, coming into this dieting phase now, would like using this point that we just touched in there, would it be ideal for me to be doing having kind of low food intake? Would it be ideal for me to have exponentially high steps, really, really high cardio and poor sleep, high stress, all these kind of variables? No, of course not, because we want to enter this phase. In an ideal scenario, you want to have as high food as you possibly can, because then we have so much more ammunition to use going into this dieting phase for myself. The same with cardio and step counts. I would have cardio steps are pretty much stay the same at about 10,000 10, steps on the training day, 12 and a half on a non-training day, and also one cardio session or a game of golf. I always say if I'm playing golf, if I'm playing a game of golf during the week, I just leave it at that because that will shoot steps up to 15 or about 16, 17k across the day. So for me, I'm entering this gaining phase or entering this dieting phase now at 3,800 calories, 4,000 calories or so it just gives us so much more fuel and ammunition then to drive this dieting phase. Because if I entered the 2,500 calories, which I have before, it means I have to pull food down so much lower than where, where it was. And for you, for instance, there, when you are entering this, this dieting phase now, how important is it for you to enter in a really, really low body fat percentage? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it's pr- pr- pretty important. So 
Um, yeah, so it's pretty important. Like, I, like body fat got down significantly low. So again, using the in-body read, we saw a drop off significantly. So we went down about, I'm going to say about 5%, which is nice. And it's nice to be in that kind of position, but it's not a sustainable point to kind of be at. So it is pretty important to, to be there. But now, now it's kind of not the it's not a priority right now but i don't obviously see it's like i don't see it Shoot up. yeah but um still want to keep it relatively low i'm kind of one of those people like i'm typically relatively lean always lean. not relatively lean you're always always lean and in terms <laughs> of that when you when you enter that phase like the responsiveness that we want the the insulin sensitivity that we want at that phase those are the kind of things that we want because if we don't if you don't enter that gaining phase lean enough like you just said you're going to end up accumulating body fat very quickly. Maybe not yourself because you're always leaning around, but for, for 99% of the population and including myself as well, we gain body fat. So if you guys have ever entered a gaining phase before and tried to run it and you gain body fat very quickly, I will guarantee you with 100% certainty that it's one of two things. First and foremost, that you were not responsive enough at the beginning. You weren't lean enough to start. Second thing is that you added in way too much food too quick. And those are the two main things that we, that I see from a kind of a, the, the 12 week crash gaining phase, which I've, I've pretty much branded at this stage um, and just done in and out on so many occasions. Did you feel that at your body composition, you were ready to rock into that next phase? Obviously you were getting some singles, signals from a hunger and um, sleep yeah. stress and recovery perspective as well. But did you feel you're ready to rock into this next phase? Yeah. I think if I, I think if I, like if I went in it, I think be, I would have had like, not, I think if I was looking at going for something like a contest prep or something like that, or not contest prep, but photoshop prep or something like that, I think I could have had, like, there's more cards to play in the build towards that physique-wise, probably yeah. could have been in a position to do so. Personally, it's not something I'm going to be looking at doing for a while. Um, but when we look at where I was composition-wise, yeah, I think I, I was primed to go into to, to this gaining phase. Um, and again, like the indicators, like I said, with regards to the in-body, we saw, like, we saw body fat come in significantly. Um, and you know, like I said, it's not something else accurate, but like it was just that, uh, yeah, there was there was the numbers that were there, and then there was also the feel of everything else, and then that's where the weekly check-ins and everything like that with myself and looking at my pictures and everything like that I was like, yeah, I'm primed to go into into a gaining phase right now. Yeah, and it's it's one of those ones as well where you you could dig harder, but you are inevitably you get to certain stage guys as well where you where you get into a level of body composition that's appropriate to enter gaining phase and you can chase, you know what, there's a, probably for you, there's actors more in the tank, but yeah. inevitably what, what happens then? Like, are we actually just digging ourselves further into a hole? And then we say, are we actually giving ourselves, are we in a better position to gain muscle tissue at a lower body fat? So if we push you to 84, could we get there? hundred percent, no doubt about it. But if we, if we push you there, your recovery is going to be lower. Your stress is going to be much, much higher. Your sleep is probably going to be poor. Your training performance is going to be poor. Your hunger is going to be through the roof. And you end up just almost digging yourself into too far of a hole. So albeit that we say, let's get lean, let's get responsive, let's get to low body fat percentage, or let's get to low body fats. There is a stage where less is more. And if you just, like we said, like people think that because you're in a, do a photo shoot prep, or when I finish my photo shoot prep, I'm probably going to be in a worse position to gain muscle then than I was four weeks before that. Well, I'll be lean in both of them. I'll be absolutely peeled in my photo shoot, but that yep. means that probably there's negative effects with that as well. So albeit that we see these physiques all the time with abs and veins popping out everywhere, probably actually not as ideal position to be in than maybe if they had another five pounds of body fat on them, which is a funny thing right. to say. 
Yeah. So in terms of, of jumps now, we I've we'll talk, talk through numbers and stuff, and I probably should have been a little bit more prepared rather than flicking around our sheets, but we'll jump in with it now. So immediate jumps. So I know a lot of people have actually asked me this. What are your calories? What are your macros since you've entered this, this dieting phase? So it's actually quite a big jump. And I, was, I wasn't really ready for it. I wasn't really thinking it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a little bit slower than this, but AJ's gone straight off the bat and said, let's get this. It's a really nice phrase, actually, easy fat off. Do you know, let's pull that easy fat off our physique because at this stage now, like we said, food is really, really high. We've created a lot of metabolic flexibility then, which means that our metabolism is through the roof. If we drop food straight off the bat, then I think that's going to be very, very beneficial for us. So his change is straight off the bat and even reading through these figures is crazy. But so from 525 grams of carbs to 350 on a train day, 400 to 250 on a non-train day. Protein remained the same at 225 on both days and also pretty much dietary fat has remained the same as well. But that is inevitably going to be probably about, I'm looking at it now, probably about probably about a thousand calories, um, give or take, training and non-train day, which is a, a big, big, big jump for me. Like it's a crazy jump. And I definitely felt very, very hungry straight off the bat here. And um, for the first couple of days, I think my body's slowly responding to it for sure, which is nice. The difference yeah. in, in steps and cardio is going to be remain exactly the same. So for me, he's chosen to do this through food. He's not added in three, four, five days of cardio straight off the bat. He thinks that or we, we both feel that my body will respond well to nutritional drops. So rather than, but let's give this a little bit of context, rather than moving from 3,800 on a train day for me to 3,500 to 3,300, we're not going to get a response there. If we're in a gaining phase, it means we're in a surplus of calories. We need to think of removing from surplus to maintenance and then a deficit after that as well. So it's a bigger jump than everyone thinks. So don't be afraid to make big, big jumps off the bat here. And in particular, moving carbohydrates down because from a fat loss perspective, the less glucose that's in the body, the less chance um, the body will use that as fuel and we can actually use fat tissue instead. So trying to use carbohydrates as a main energy source. The other changes and a couple of little tips that we can use as well from a supplementation standpoint. Um, and the supplement, I don't know if you've actually heard of it before, is sea kelp. Have you ever heard of that? No. So is this one that I've never heard, but we've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks. And sea kelp pretty much, when we talk about thyroid function and fat losses, is absolutely the most important thing to try and keep in a very, very good spot. So thyroid gland will pretty much just look after metabolic rate or metabolism. And when our thyroid function drops, metabolism drops with that as well. And that's the worst thing that we can have from a fat loss perspective. And sea kelp actually has a lot of benefit behind it to, to increase thyroid function, improve thyroid hormone production, which is inevitably going to keep metabolism metabolic rate a little bit higher. So we're using that, I think the phrase that AJ used, it's, it's insurance to use. Is it going to work potentially, but it's definitely worth, worth it. It's a very cheap supplement that you guys could potentially use. It's just, I think it's a little bit iodine or something like that in there, or iodine and whatever way you want to phrase it, but nice one to use. The other thing as well was yihimbine. So um, yihimbine is pretty much like a um, kind of, a, I would almost call it like a fat burner that actually works rather than just being an exceptional amount of, most fat burners are just going to be like loads of caffeine in it to make you move more and fidget more and train harder and move and run more around the place, all these kind of things that just inevitably burns more calories. But yihimbine is going to be something that we're going to experiment with and um, which is going to be nice. I've actually never really used it before. Um, and that also with hopefully, uh, I've asked AJ about this and we're going to run with vasoburn as well, which pretty much just targets your 
your fat cells and, and targets fatty acids mobilization or oxidation, which is pretty much the burning of body fat. So it pretty much says where you put the uh, vasoburn is like a topical solution. If for me on my lower back and hips is where I store the body fat, I put the, the vasoburn there and that brings the himbine to that, those fat cells a little bit more aggressively. Um, like I said, uh, uh, cardio absolutely remains the same. The only thing we're doing is, and I don't know if you saw that I posted this the other day, that weighted vest. <laughs> Did you see it? I put that yeah. up. Yeah. Um, it's such a big, um, such a big phase in the fitness industry at the moment, these weighted vests, but it's it's such a good idea if you think about it. And if anyone is struggling from a time management perspective to get calories burned, to get step counts up, these kind of things from a, a time perspective, some people don't have, like if you say, I need you to get 6K steps at the end of your day where if you had a weighted vest with 20 kilos on it, maybe you only might need to get three to burn the same amount of calories. So if we're looking from a time perspective, having a weighted vest, and also the second benefit to it is that when I pull off 10, 11 kilos, 12 kilos here, I'm going to be a much, much smaller vessel walking around the place. So my body won't burn as many calories pulling me around. So this, this you can kind of counteract that weight loss. So you're still burning X amount of calories for that time period, if that makes sense. So that could be something that you guys add in. So from a, a supplementation perspective, sea kelp. And I'd also, before I even advise you to use your himbine, if you have any kind of heart issues or anything like that, or, or issues about that, I would definitely ask your medical practitioner before you ever try any of that, because it is, is shown to be a little bit of a, um, a sympathetically dominant a stimulant and also given the, the weight of vest to try. But the main thing I actually wanted to touch on was training and what happens with our training absolutely nothing do you know remember those old kind of uh, training methods i used to do it anyway really really high reps because it because that feeling of burn was burning through more muscle or more body yeah. fat where actually that phrase what makes the muscle keeps the muscle and when we train hard what you've done to to make all that that new muscle that we could, should have gone gone into into that gaining phase keeping it pretty much exactly the same is going to be so so much more beneficial rather than changing everything getting this new novel stimulus, probably causing a lot more fatigue. As we go through this phase, inevitably what we can do is drag volume down a little bit rather than increase it because increasing is just going to pull away intensity and stimulus. So that's what we can do over the long period of time there. So big change in nutrition, no changes to cardio really other than adding a weight of vest, supplementation, sea kelp, and you himbine a vasoburn, and also no changes to training at all. In terms of your caloric jump, so we, we finished off at about, what, what were your numbers again? They're about 3,000 train day, 2,800 non-train day, did you say? Yeah, 3,000 train day, 2,800 non-train day. So when we finished the recomp, we made a bit of a jump product to uh, 3,400 on a, which is not too big of a jump initially. So 3,400, uh, that was the first week on a train day. And so then, 400 calories up? Yeah, 400 yeah, calories up. Nice. So, um, so I'll scale it whole for about, two, about a week or so. Um actually take about two weeks to help and um, from there we're currently about 3,800 on a training day and um 3,600 on a non-training day which is high, nice. uh, high again so that's over the last I'm going to say five and a half weeks or so uh it's gone up obviously significantly so we're looking at about 800 calories then and like I said we're up to 87.7 or so so again not too aggressive in the the rate of gain so to speak but um well, out of curiosity what what kind of caloric intake did it need for you to start moving the scale upwards i mean so when i was gone when i was hitting like 3500 um or so so gone above that so the additional so gone from the additional jump which is 34 uh 3400 to that kind of stayed the same 
And then 3,500 saw a bit more of an increase. 36 definitely saw more of a, more of a jump. And there, it just continues to go up. And that's with all other output factors being the same. So, like, I see. Yeah, the same card is the same. It, it, it has to, has to stay the same, I was about to say. <laughs> you've no, uh, no calling it with the job. Um, yeah, so it has to stay the same. So you have to, like, with that consideration, it's like, okay, we have, we have to push food. Um, so and with that, with, with that jump as well, what was that from protein? Was it carbs? Was it fats? Presumably so carbs. No, no, mainly carbs. Many carbs and fats. Um, yeah. honest, like, protein has always been relative. I've always... I've never had an issue with getting hit a protein target. Like, like just protein choices in food. I've always, always hit. Yeah. 200 plus, 200, 240, 250, depending on obviously the phase which I'm, I've been running. So, many proteins about 20, or say 250 grams, and then uh, carbs are about 460 or so, and the fats about 100, give or take. Um, I actually might be just under, but yeah, give or take about that. Yeah, nice. Um, so it's high enough at the moment, but um, yeah, it's going to continue to it's pretty. Like again, I'd say carbohydrates be the next jump, and fats pretty far in line with that too. And even though like protein is so high, like um, so definitely feeling quite satiated. Sorry, protein is so high, so definitely feeling quite uh, quite satiated from from that as well. Same with fat, fat, fats and carbs too. So yeah, yeah. like I said, pro, um, carbs and fats would definitely be the one to to look at going forward. Yeah, it's one of those ones where where you. I think that the the term, and I actually put it, I put my hands up. I put a post up about this, probably about two years at this stage of this kind of reverse dieting technique, where once you finish up a diet, it's just this really slow creep up of 100 calories here, 100 calories there, where inevitably, like we just said, like dieting phase is not productive for gaining muscle tissue. We need to get not only out of a deficit into a maintenance, but pass that into a surplus of calories. So it is a, a good chunk. So Zach's numbers there saying absolutely bang on the money regarding how much he actually, kind of 550, 600 calories before we actually started to see any movement in scale weight moving upwards. So again, for you guys, from a take-home message perspective here, you don't need to really slowly get out, reverse out. Think of this as a recovery phase. Looking at you or talking about what, what you said there, when you're feeling fatigue was higher, you weren't feeling great, recovery wasn't in a good place at all, and performance wasn't that high. Keeping you in a diet there is going to be so unbeneficial. So we need to get you out completely out of a diet into a productive place there. Usually, if we say like 500 calories, 125 grams of carbs straight off the bat, and you feel anyone that has 125 extra grams of carbs is going to feel a hell of a lot better. I wish I had that now. I'm only three days into a diet. Did you feel much better with that big food jump straight off the bat? 100%. Um, nice. Just training, training more so than anything I found at the end of the diet, the, I'm going to say the recomp, um, just training performance has been beginning to dip a little bit more. And I was starting to feel hungry in the middle of sessions. So like I was trying to make so normally i train about let's say 10 11 o'clock in the day and um, so that pre-workout meal that i normally have which is normally about i think about five six hundred calories give or take um it just wasn't enough and mm. i was finding particularly in uh in a lower body session or leg session i was just i was getting to the second or third last exercise and i was just feeling flat really difficult to try push load really difficult to try complete sets everything like that and it just began to to decline rapidly so um definitely feeling like definitely feeling just a lot more energized a lot more feel i can really push sessions a lot more and numbers are numbers are really beginning to move um across the board did you did i remember that i remember we were talking that straight after you finished it or you went in did you actually go down in scale weight after you added like four four or five hundred calories in wasn't it yeah it hit a bit that of first a drop, week or two you dropped yeah so 
when we look at the average, um, I stayed the same, I'm going to say, but it okay. dropped down to, I think, so hit about 85.6 or so. No, I'm not going to consider it. Like, it went down for about a day or two and then kind of came back up again. So it did hit a bit, a bit more of a drop, but that's why I'm, I'm going to say that it was 86 when we look at average over the weekend, every, yeah. everything from there. But it was just like, it was a bit of a drop and then it just shot back up from there. Yeah, it's my, it's so funny how the body just works. Like we're struggling to get any body fat loss or drop scale weight on three thousand calories, and then we add five hundred calories in and we drop 0.4 kilos. And like, what the hell is going on here? Usually, what it is is, is stress. You know, like reduce release of stress. We talked about your recovery improving. Improved recovery would mean that we have much less cortisol in the system. Cortisol is, of course, a massive water retainer. So don't forget how important that stress and recovery is in the system let alone food you know that maybe if we're not seeing as much push on the scales and movement through the scales maybe it's actually maybe just doing a little bit more stress management and sleeping a little better or or taking some supplements that are going to manage cortisol might actually get you over there the best tool you have in your locker from a fat loss perspective is of course first and foremost a calorie deficit but sleep and recovery if you can maximize that you keep everything and it's much more consistent as well because if you have like a week where you're stress-free and you're really enjoying life and you maybe have a week off to week off work or something like that and you're dropping scale weight and you go into work then really high stress right after that and you go up and scale it you're like what the hell's gone on here simply it's gonna be stress in the body i think that's an important important note in terms of your uh performance goals so do you have any performance goals that you have down? I know that it's something that myself and yourself do a lot with our clients is to try and have, especially in that gaining phase for you now, running in that. What, what kind of performance goals are you looking to try and hit? And what were you previously at the very end of your, your dieting phase? And what do you want to try and achieve now in this next eight months? Scale weight-wise, muscle tissue growth, areas of the body you want to improve, and also performance-wise. So scale weight-wise, what do we want to try and look at in the next eight months or so? Let's say next eight months, I want to try hit. I'd probably go up to about 90, 95. Uh, more, 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 more. 92 95, to 94, 95. 92 to 94, not put on too much body fat, I'm going to say. Um, I think that's a, a sustainable approach. And yep. trying, like, and that's that's like a 0. 0.4 to 0.6, I'm going to say, rate of gain per week, hopefully. That's like going forward, give or take. 0. 0.4 kilos a week over the next eight months. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0.46% I'm going to say where I'm currently at let's okay. say 0.4 to 0.6% um, roughly where I'm currently at okay. that will obviously as time, time goes on hopefully and yeah. um, that will be the plan go, give or take and that's kind of just where I want to see so potentially like sub a ki- better kilo every kilo two, month yeah kilo month let's say about three, three four weeks or so um, hopefully that would be the three plan weeks, yeah so I think that's 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 kind of the plan going forward. So that's where I want to see scales going. And like again, like I said, I typically am lean relatively high around. So I can imagine I probably still be relatively when I get I'm to, gonna, the, to the. I'm end. gonna I'm gonna make a statement here. I'm gonna get guys. I'm gonna get him to 95, and he's gonna be lean as hell. And he won't, won't have any anything to. He won't have any decision making in, in the in the process at all. We'll get him to 95, and he'll be lean. We'll post it up. And we'll have a look at it. Yeah. We'll and, <laughs> and in terms of lifts wise you know like anything that any big numbers that you're chasing down now at the moment and where were you previously yeah so big so short term i'm looking at um with the likes of an rdl i want to hit 180 for a set of six which isn't massive but that's short term that's like the big, it's big 
Yeah, that's not too bad. Um, or, yeah, so 180 for a set of six. I'm currently 170 for six as of yesterday. Um, nice. But long term, I want to try break the 200 mark um, on an RDL. Then hack squat, I want to be so the the Watson hack squat in Raw is just relentless at a solo. Mm. But um, yeah, I want to try hit 220 um, in total. So that's what uh, six pace per second, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And give or take, I'm currently just under five. Um, and then on a, I'm using the Smith machine press, so I'm prioritizing Smith machine press to so just finally get a lot more catch engagement as opposed to a barbell. Um, so cool. so I want to I just push that because I, I think long-term it's more sustainable from a progressive overload perspective as opposed to dumbbells. Like yep. I think I'm, uh, so I want to push that to four plates per side. That would be a big goal. So I'm currently just at three. So I want to push four plates per side. And yeah. um, areas of the body you want to try and bring up in this gaining phase? Are there certain areas or? Um, typically posterior, so posterior. And even when I was working with you this time last year, posterior yeah. has always been an, an area that I've like I've trained hard, but I've always struggled to define. And I've always kind of, I'm going to say, carried more body fat across uh, across my posterior. So um, I want to try to prioritize like hamstring glutes, particularly in my back, like lower upper everything like that uh, along there that's what i'm going to try to prioritize and shoulders shoulders is an area i've always i'm gonna say neglected i've never enjoyed training shoulders so now is it always an area i just just despise really just yes like, yeah i hate shoulders i don't know what it is <laughs> um, that's an area i want to learn forever, forever, significantly okay nice good good to have those it's important and again just for you guys listening as well it's important to set those markers like from the off where do we want to try and improve i like let's say for instance for me or for you del let's say your back and your delts um our areas you want to try and improve that should have a much higher volume across the week than yeah. your but you know your your chest or your biceps you know or something like that so understand that when we have these areas of prioritization we need to try and add, Put adequate volume to that if that means we have six sets for delts in one session we might only have four for chest because we don't need to bring that up as much second thing there has got to be performance goals so setting big big performance performance goals that actually scare you do you know as i was saying to clients ago i want you writing down a, a lift here that we just I just finished up a photo shoot with dan and um, the week same with Emer, and i was genuinely on the call i go i want you to write down five lifts that actually scare you to think of right now like rdl for x load or whatever it is or hack swap or whatever because that's the chase you know that's the motivation every time you walk into a session now you just have this ridiculous drive i need to, you will now need to get 180 then it's 190 then it's 200 and it's just this mindset shift that you have rather than just walking in there passively and saying, you know what i'll give this a practice day and see how we get on so that's important the difference for me is going to be a little bit different regarding performance and goals etc i would say that when we enter a diet the your, your recovery is inevitably going to take a hit because you don't have as much energy coming in to help with recovery also performance, like even from a pressing standpoint, like you have, you're only going to be 10 kilos lighter, 10, 12 kilos lighter in a, in a Smith machine or a barbell incline press. There's no way you can have as much internal stability by, by that body weight. So the goal for me is a bit boring. It's going to be to protect performance with immaculate execution and not leveraging your body so that you're in a, in a let's say a shoulder press and you're sliding down the machine slowly but surely to try and get more pec involvement. It's absolute meticulous execution every single rep now is going to look the same as the day before my photo shoot and it's just protecting performance albeit that like i'm home workouts now at the moment which aren't ideal but when i get back to the gym it's just about not losing a rep and if you guys are dying now at the moment do not give in mindset wise 
that you're dieting, you have to lose reps, you have to lose weight. I've gone through so many diets and I didn't lose a single rep. Okay. So try and use that, use that to your own advantage going forward. So that pretty much wraps it up from a, a podcast uh, from myself and Zach. Um, so we touched on where Zach was from a, um, a dieting phase going into a gaining phase and mind the opposite, finishing up my gaining phase and going into a dieting phase now. And we might do one at the very end uh, when Zach is 95 kilos and I'm probably 75 kilos. You're probably 20 kilos heavier than me at that stage. Um, and we will see how we get on. But obviously my, myself and Zach both have coaching spots available at the moment. So if, if anyone is looking to embark on a, a dieting phase, a gaining phase, and need some help, structure, accountability, please do apply for coaching. We would absolutely love to help you move forward. Hit the link in our bio, myself, Zach's, or the team page, apply for coaching, book in your free call myself, and we can touch on where you are right now, where you want to try and get to goals-wise, and how can we help you get from A to B. Other than that, guys, have an absolutely fantastic day, and I'm looking forward to touching base in the next one. Cheers, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Josh. Really appreciate it.